Hey there, welcome to the City Rev Life Podcast. My name is Justin. I'm here with Roby, and we are continuing our series on how to survive a political season with your soul intact. And so, Roby, maybe to start us off, catch us up um, and give us a little recap of where we've been and what we're going to be talking about today. Yep. So this series is not as much about talking about various political issues. It is more about how we approach politics ourselves as believers. So when we're airing this, we're entering into a pol- the um, uh, an election soon. And so a mm-hmm. lot of times this creates challenges in our own lives. It can create um, brokenness in relationships. It can create anxiety. It can produce yeah. fear. It can produce anger, frustration, even things like hatred. And so mm-hmm. how do we walk through a political cycle? How do we walk through that mm-hmm and shepherd our souls and walk through it in a way that's healthy. And so this is really about our internal approach as believers to Mm -hmm. the subject of politics. Yeah, great. And so today in particular, we're going to be talking about what you just mentioned, which is relationships. Yes. And how this can, this idea of politics, how it can intersect with our relationships and unfortunately can cause serious damage to friendships, family relationships because of political disagreements. And so how would you just frame um, the the challenge uh, that politics presents to relationships? Mm-hmm. It's a big one. Mm-hmm. And this might be one of the most important parts of this discussion because politics can be very divisive. Mm-hmm. It's very It's very heated. It can be very combative. And so believers find themselves... Um, having broken friendships, even huge fractures in their family. Uh, It can be all of a sudden family gatherings can get really tense. Mm -hmm. And maybe when they weren't years ago, um, relationships with siblings or parents or or even if you have adult children, your children, this can become uh, very, very difficult. And one of the biggest damages to us spiritually is when politics becomes divisive in our Mm -hmm. relationships and if we don't know how to navigate through that. And so uh, this is an important one to talk about. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us as believers because our relationships are are critical to a thriving faith. We need to have healthy relationships uh, with our our family, friends, church, and we need to have a healthy relationship with the world, like in in a good way, like we have a, a mission to love those around us. And so Politics can be a major divider, and we need to know how to navigate the conflicts that politics bring up in our relationships. Yeah. One of the things that we talked about in an early episode in this series is we talked about the role that idolatry can sometimes play in politics and why it raises the temperature. Mm -hmm. So in what way does idolatry somehow trickle into the relational dynamics of talking politics, of living in an overly political world. Yes. So I'm glad you, you, you're leading us in that direction, Justin, because idolatry is, uh, politics can so easily become an idol because there anything can become an idol it's uh, an idol is a a good thing that we make into like an ultimate thing and we're we're attributing to a good thing things that only god can do and so there's many different things that can that make good idols and politics 
notoriously mm-hmm. and historically is one of those mm-hmm. things because it provides like, hey, this is the answer. If this one thing happened, if this one person gets elected, if this one party wins, if this one issue is changed politically, then everything will be set right. right. And so one of the big things that politics and election cycles, especially as it gets close to an election, is politics puts our hope mm-hmm. in a candidate, puts our hope in a party, in a political agenda, and so we're sinking our hope for the salvation of a country or a state or a mm-hmm. community, our, our puts our, our hope for a generation, puts our hope in something other than the living hope, which is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we can be motivated politically. We can have opinions politically. We can have uh, desires of what we how we like the, the uh, outcome of an election to play out, but it is not our hope. Our hope is in mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, ultimately, that is where our ultimate hope is. So if things don't go our way politically, we may be disappointed, but we're not crushed. Yeah. We, if things go, go our way, we might be glad, but we're not elated as if the whole world is saved because that's something only Jesus can do. Mm-hmm. And that plays itself out in our relationships because if our hope is in politics, then that will make us confuse our mission. Mm. Our mission, our primary mission as believers is not a political mission. Yeah. Our primary hope for our, for our culture, our primary way we engage culture is not political. That is one way we engage culture. And Christians shouldn't back out of politics. Right. We should engage politics, but that is one piece of how we engage politics. And that's not our primary mission. Jesus gave us our primary mission, which is go into all the world and make disciples. It's go to the ends of the earth as a witness mm-hmm. to who Jesus is and how Jesus saves. And so one of the things that gets in the way relationally is when we have too much hope in politics and that becomes our primary our primary thing that we are our primary mission so that becomes mm-hmm. our primary thing we're evangelizing mm-hmm. we're primary we we evangelize for our the political issues before the gospel we evangelize for our political candidate more than Jesus we uh, are inviting people into our political party before we're inviting people into the body of Christ. And so these are things that are, it's just off mission. Mm-hmm. It's that, th- those things, if I am, and I'm just going to say it very plainly, if I am spending more time trying to convince people of my politics than of my savior, if I'm trying more time advocating for my party than the body of Christ, if I see my primary way of engaging culture through a political lens that is coming from a place of idolatry, those are not that it's not, again, Christians should not, I'm not, I'm not saying we should disengage politically, but that is not our priority. Our priority is to lift up the name of Jesus. So with that said, a lot of times Mm -hmm. that gets us in trouble because when a political discussion comes up, if I think that is my primary mission, then I feel so compelled to engage that that I always will, mm. rather than there are times when I don't engage in politics because I have a higher priority. Mm-hmm. There are times where there's a conversation going that is no longer productive and I need to back out. Yeah. There are there are times when I need to set boundaries in relationships where I say, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk politics anymore. But if I think that that is my primary mission, 
my primary way I engage culture. I mm. don't have the capacity to draw back when I need mm. to, when I need to draw back. And, and in so doing a lot of times, if we are, if we are um, not able to disengage a political conversation, I might be, if I put that first, I might be actually missing an opportunity mm. or shutting down an opportunity for the gospel, which is my primary mission. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, it all starts with hope. Where's my hope? Is my, if my hope is for politics, then it, I'm already starting on, a, on, on the wrong footing when it comes to how I'm engaging relationships. Yeah. yeah. And the tricky part, as I'm hearing you talk, the tricky part for Christians is the, one of the pillars of secular religion today is politics. And so we're in an environment where politics is yes. the hope. It is the battle line. And so Christians are hearing this and it's tempting to jump in and have that same framework and to be drawn in and yes. then to lose sight of. We have a mission that we're, we're after primarily, fundamentally, which is getting the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. You know, if we could just get practical for a moment, one of the ways that this really gets real is... Uh, we have family members or good friends of ours that we have a great relationship with them, but then what sure. will kick up during intensely political seasons are some combative discussions about politics. Sure. And it can bring real pain and, and divisiveness into sure. a, what otherwise was a great relationship in a real tragic way. So yeah. just practically, how, how how can we respond when, when people are doing combat with politics and trying to, you know, take prisoners. Yes. <laughs> I think um, I, three categories. There are times that I don't respond and that's okay. Mm -hmm. There are times when I do respond, but I need to have a plan for how I'm going to respond. Mm. And then third is uh, there's times when I actually just need to set a boundary in that relationship. So let's start with the first one. There's times that I don't respond. It might be I don't respond because it's off mission. If there's someone at my workplace that I work with or a friend or a neighbor mm. or a family member and they are not a believer, I'm going to be more hesitant to talk politics with that person because I, I have a greater mission. Like I want them to understand the gospel and know mm. Jesus. And, and in fact, there are some, if I'm starting with a biblical framework first and that's flowing into my politics rather than what we talked about in mm -hmm. previous episodes where I start with a political framework and back into the Bible. If I'm starting with a biblical framework and it's influencing my politics, then um, while I feel very strongly about those things, I also understand I probably wouldn't have those opinions mm. if it wasn't for the fact that I have first put my faith in Jesus, have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, and I'm surrendering to the Bible. Right. And so um, even still, if there's someone, I, I may not respond because it's off mission. I say, look, I, I want this person first and foremost to know Jesus and know mm. that, this, they're, that Jesus loves them, that they have salvation and salvation comes through Jesus, that they can have the Holy Spirit inside of them, transforming them from the inside out. I, I ultimately, I, there are times that I mm. don't respond because it's just off mission. I have a greater thing I'm evangelizing. Yeah. Um, same with on social media. Like, is that the one thing I want the world seeing? Sure. Is it, is it my politics or would it be Jesus? And mm -hmm. I, it's gonna be Jesus. And you say, well, do you have to pick either or? Sometimes you do, and maybe often you do, because I don't want to miscommunicate that 
you have to accept Jesus and my politics. Mm. I want it to, it's just about Jesus. Or to conflate the two. Or to, or to blend the two, the right. syncretism like right. we've talked about. So sometimes I don't respond because it's off mission. Sometimes I don't respond because it's not productive. Mm-hmm. If the conversation has gotten heated and combative, it's j- I just need to eject out of the conversation. Like yeah. at that point, that's not productive. If there is a calm open conversation and someone wants to sit down and say, Hey, I'd like to understand more about your political opinion, which is pretty rare in our day and age. Um, But if you can find that relationship, that's amazing. Hey, you have a different uh, political view. I'd love to understand why. Like if you can have that wonderful, but if I'm in an argument, that's just not going to be productive. Like at Mm -hmm. that point, why am I engaging in, in that? So there's times I don't respond. Don't take, and I don't take the bait because there's people that want to just get into a fight. They've, yeah. they've got all of their am- ammo and they're just trying to bait me into a fight. I don't want, there's just times I don't respond and I don't take the bait if it's not going to be productive. But there are times that I do respond. And in those times, if I think it's actually going to be a, 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 a stimulating or, uh, or helpful conversation, then uh, there may be times I do respond. And I, mm-hmm. I love Proverbs 15.1. It's a very familiar proverb, but it's so important on this subject. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If I'm going to be, engage in this conversation, I want to do it with humility, with love. I want to listen well. I want to encourage and affirm. And I want to share my mm-hmm. own opinions, not with this elitist prideful authoritarianism, not belittling and creating a straw man argument. I, if I'm going to engage, then I want to engage it maturely in a way, in a, with biblical wisdom, in a way that's actually going to be productive. Like I don't want to just, I don't want to just drop a bomb on social media that I, that's going to make everybody angry. Like, why would I do that? Like, I don't want to just say a snide, mm-hmm. uh, sarcastic comment at Thanksgiving dinner. Like why? That's not productive. That's not loving. It's just not biblical. Yeah. Like if I'm going to have a, if I'm going to have the conversation, I want to do it with humility, with love, with honor, with respect in a way that's, that's not going to stir up anger as best I can. And again, if it's starting to get heated and combative, I'm going to eject. That's no longer, it's not worth it. It's not productive. Mm. So sometimes I, I don't respond. Sometimes I do respond. But then sometimes I need to set up a boundary. And I think this is some of the challenges. Sometimes there's relationships either with a friend or with a family member where I say, hey, I don't know that I want to talk about politics anymore. I just, I care to, your, my relationship with you is more important mm-hmm. than fighting about politics. And I care about you. I, I want to be able to be a person that has relationships with all different types of people that have d- mm-hmm. different different views and opinions. Like I, that's, I think, a sign of being a healthy adult. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to have a relationship with people that have different views than I do. And so there's times I'm going to set up boundaries. If you're uh, as a, a, a in your family, you need to be able to set up boundaries. Hey, can we not talk about this? You know, I, I, I when we get together at this gathering, or I, I don't want to go here anymore with you. I, I need to be able to set up that boundary, and I want to respect that that boundary mm-hmm. in others. Another place where that boundary needs to be set, there's a boundary about that at, in your small group. There's a boundary with that on your serving team. Um, we've talked about the miracle of diversity that happens around the gospel. And so like if all of a sudden someone in your small group is getting combative or 
or wanting to turn the conversation to politics, like that's not the mission of that group. And so group leaders set up boundaries mm -hmm. to say, hey, that that's really not what we're talking about in this group. We're, mm -hmm. we're, we're not going to let the group go there. And so there are times to set up those boundaries because when politics is, becomes an idol, mm -hmm. it overtakes almost every sector of life. And uh, that's putting politics on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. Only Jesus has access to every aspect of our life. So there are times where we put, put boundaries. Many times we put boundaries and say, this is, we're not letting the political discussion come into this zone. That's great. And thank you for that. That's a helpful way of categorizing it. Sometimes we don't need to respond. We need to read the room, get a sense for, is this person is in a position where they're even listening? Right. 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 If I say the most brilliant comeback, right. anchored to scripture even, and they're, they're, their face is red and they're yelling, is, yeah. is this going to be productive? Right. You might need to, to pause and just say, hey, let's just stop the conversation there. Sometimes we do need to respond. Sometimes there is an opportunity and a space to have a fruitful conversation that, again, we're starting with our biblical framework and then thinking through how it how it has implications for our politics. But then third, sometimes we just need to set that boundary. And it, it sounds like if there's a person in our lives that that first category keeps happening, like where I just can't respond. It's looking like they don't even care for how right. I respond. We might just for the sake of the relationship, you know, because what's the alternative? The alternative is that we are just in an angry rage whenever we're around right. this person uh, or would love call us to say, hey, let's let's set a boundary here. Yeah. I care about you more than these conversations that we're having. Exactly. And I would just, I might also add, sometimes I don't respond because I'm the angry person. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe if I'm like, hey, I'm not going to be able to respond in a way that's calm and loving and humble yeah. and then then it's okay. I think it's 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 actually biblical to to step out of that conversation. Yeah. That's helpful. Well, we hope that this has been something that you can think through, apply in your own life and thinking. And we want to have relationships based on love, based on truth, and be able to have good conversations. And so to, the, to that end, we hope this helps serve you. And so for that, we'll see you on the next episode of the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe or leave a rate and review. If you want more content or additional resources, head to cityrev.org or download our app. We hope you have a great day.